It's an in-dimensional fraction. Manifold. Where every point is a Rhode Island's length apart. I'm Zach. I'm Riff. And I'm Kevin. And it's time for episode number one, Video Games Hot Dog. 59. One fifty-nine. Okay. One fifty-nine. You know what my problem is? Or one of my problems? <laughs> what? No, I, now I kind of want to know what you were going to say. <laughs> uh, look, it's only like a two-hour podcast, Kevin. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> So my problem is we don't have enough time. <laughs> That's it. Go ahead. To do what? What are you? What are you? What are you hoping to accomplish? And to, you don't have well, time to for? psychoanalyze me. I don't know what. What uh, to get to the core of my issues? Yeah, work work your core. Yeah, yes. Have you been blasting core. your core? I have been. Have you been juicing your squats? Core? I'm I'm really sore actually. Yeah. I've I've like sore gotten in back into like yep. my full workout routine and it is hard. Uh, no work and no sore gives Jack a weak core. Yep. That's what they say. That is what they say. It's on a plaque. At the, it's on a cross-stitched sampler at the gym. <laughs> I uh, I watched uh, the first part of the Ken Burns uh, Prohibition documentary last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, I found out that the legal age of consent in the United States in the mid-1800s was 10 years old. Wow. Yep. I was like, huh. I wonder if that sort of explains. You were like, "Huh, history. I was born 150 years too late." No, I mean, kids were also going to the factory at like age six to work and pull in a paycheck, right? So, like, also because life milk was, just was different. Milk was coming directly out of the cow. Girls went through puberty at like six. <laughs> huh? And all the factory and chimney sweeping work they had to they had to have kids early before they died at twelve. <laughs> right. That's true. So then those kids could get jobs in the chimney factory, the chimney sweeping factory. Mm-hmm. I think uh, chimney sweeps predated the Industrial Revolution. Yeah, I would I would guess sounds, that. Sounds right. The thing that I never understood about chimney sweeps is why just like a brush on a long stick wouldn't have been better than a child. I mean, I guess a they, child can really get in there and too, scrub. But yeah, I think I think that's basically why. They they just use the brush to clean the dead children out of the chimney after they <laughs> chimneys are not necessarily straight up and down. Ah. Right. They often are, but sometimes you'll have multiple fireplaces that lead to the same chimney, and so there's like some some angles and Do you think stuff? that nerdy kids were excited to get a job as a chimney sweep because it was kind of like going through secret passages? Only all of the secret passages just led to shitty, dirty fireplaces. There's like dirty, shitty secret passageways in my fraternity house oh yeah and they were really cool to explore so tell us about them i well i mean they're secret i can't really there's just there's just hidden spaces and you tell us about one are you seriously do you have like a cortex bomb that will go off if you reveal (laughs) any of the secrets of your frat here you know in fact just say it's a different frat and no one will ever know Uh, no or you could just lie you have to you have to you have to uh, join my fraternity to find out about these secret spaces. Yeah, but we can't. We're too old to no, join you a fraternity. No, you could totally, you could go there now. We could be like Will Ferrell in old school. Sure. Yeah. Um, I bet they thought they thought of that title first and then everything else followed. You had a frat meetup. <clears> I did. Weekend. Yeah, this weekend was like a, 
10 years ago, there was like a, a big gathering of, of my fraternity brothers in the Bay area. And so this is apparently now something we're going to do every 10 years. So this is the 10th anniversary of that meetup. Yeah. Which is like, you know, about 10 years after I went to college. So it, it works out pretty well for me. All of Kevin's fraternity brothers have cool fraternity nicknames like. Well, of course. Be beefus. That's not true. And Chattanooga chest hair. No, that's a good one, but that's that's not that's not right. Samuel Clemens. Right. Okay. Yeah, he was in my fraternity. Fist bump. Fist bump would probably because we have a speed bump, so fist bump is within the realm of the possible. Fish pump. We have a Joe Fish. So that's also What's, close. What, what are are you allowed to tell us what your secret fraternity name is? I had two fraternity nicknames. Uh, one was Wumpf, and the other one was Rodan. Huh. And there are people who still call me one or either or both of those names. Well, one or either or both on... of those names is your Steam name. Well, no. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, Wumpf, right, because every once in a while it says one or either of both of those names is playing Space Cam. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, no, I use Wumpf a lot in video games now. Uh, as... Why did you not use Wumpf in KOL? Uh, hot stuff was not my first character. I know. And I just, it didn't matter. I was just making up words, right? Cause this was a game that I was going to play for a day. Are you suggesting that hot stuff is more of a made up word than woomph? <laughs> uh, no, but it was, I didn't use my, it didn't mean that, anything to you. It didn't. It was a name anything. that wasn't important to you. Right. Yeah. Because you didn't know that this video game would end up being the most important thing in your life or exactly. anyone else's. Yeah. Do you have four multis for the other four KOL elements? I don't. Oh, like cold stuff and spooky stuff. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> St- stinky stuff and sleazy stuff? Yeah. Yeah. That would be kind of interesting if I could just change my persona at will by picking which avatar I wanted to be representing at any given time. Uh, Like some kind of really geeky superhero. Yes. Yeah. So what did you, what did your frat mans do? Uh, We sort of took over the Hagen Rocks restaurant on Friday night. Um, We crowded in there way above sort of capacity. Do they just serve ice cream and rocks? No, uh, ho- hog and rocks. Uh, uh, it's H O G. They serve pork and ham uh, and uh, ham and yeah, ham oysters and pork. oysters. I thought you said um, orc. Yeah, they do. Yeah, that too. Also, orc. Uh, I go. I only ever eat hamburgers there because their the hamburgers hamburger are really the good. best thing. Yeah. Um, also, it has ham in it, so it's it's sort of a ham hamburger. Uh, some of my fraternity brothers invested in it as a restaurant, so they are part part owners. Um. And then on Saturday, they there, own was the like H. A, there was like a, in the morning, there was a hike that it did not go on. And then Saturday afternoon was a barbecue. Uh, ostensibly, this is this falls on the same weekend as uh, a couple of birthdays and like a wedding anniversary. So it's like the somebody's 40th birthday and 20th wedding anniversary, I think. All in the same, the same person. No, no, no. Two different people. Two different groups. Um, is that what it is celebrating, or is it just celebrating that is that's it's like that's fraternity a, and that is liberty. What, that, that's why the first one happened because it was a thirtieth birthday and a tenth wedding anniversary, and then they're like, "Oh, let's do it again." 
at 40 and 20. So, and then we'll do it again at 50 and 30, assuming that they don't break up and or die. Um, <clears throat> and so that at the barbecue, there was a bunch of like kids there. So this, the barbecue was at, uh, schmooze's house uh and he has a couple kids but he had he installed a zip line uh in the backyard which was fun uh i rode on it a couple times um it's really sort of height calibrated for kids so you really have to tuck <laughs> a lot um and there's a fairly abrupt stop at the bottom which if uh if a kid hits that stop they just sort of like ooh, comically like swing out in front but if an adult were to do it they would rack themselves real bad <laughs> so you have to be careful about how you oh so when dismount. you say tuck you mean you have to tuck like in silence of the lambs <laughs> yes <laughs> uh what else um yeah i mean it was just it was nice to see all of my my brethren and stuff and then there was a coffee hour the next morning these are like what super- did you do you don't drink coffee I don't drink coffee. I had uh, I had some donuts and water. Huh. Yep. That seems awful. Did uh, you dunk the donuts in the water? I did not, no. <laughs> uh, found out that another one of my fraternity brothers works at Google X on the um, the internet balloons oh. project. You know that thing where they like send up balloons to like 60,000 feet to provide internet access from the sky? How do they uh, stay there? Do they just put them at a particular pressure that makes them stop rising but not explode? Yeah, apparently they are super tricky. Like they're not just the balloons that sort of expand indefinitely and then pop when they get too much. They have they have like a rigid structure, so they inflate, 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 and then stop. And then they have they they actually can control the altitude somewhat. And do they have solar panels on them? They are solar powered. Yep. Um, do they have some sort of guidance system for if they start to drift? They are. Or are they just, intended? They're to drifting. Drift? They're balloons, so they're they are drifting in the. Um, I guess I meant drift in altitude. They like, sh- can they release additional gas into the balloon, or I don't know. release gas from the balloon. That's a good question. I'm not sure about that. I did not ask about altitude. Could we go for a ride in one? <laughs> no. Are, no we could are not. they not like tethered? No, they're like oh. they're they circumnavigate the entire planet. Oh, um, I have no idea. The the current schema is that they will be airborne for like a hundred days each, um, and the idea is that they will eventually just provide wireless access anywhere that doesn't currently have it. Basically, so does it work through clouds? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> does it work through ceilings? I don't know. Probably. You might have to get, like, you have to have a special, like, wireless router thing. It looks like, looks like a big soccer ball, basically, right now, apparently, to receive the signal. Um, but Brad was saying that he can, like, he has used it on his phone. What's Brad's real name? Uh, his his nickname or his real, real name? <laughs> What's his nickname? My, well, my so, joke was that Brad was his goofy nickname. No, okay. So his he goes. No, it's not the name. It's the nail. He goes by uh, Bradley James Cheesefucker Rhodes. This is that's his full full, hmm. full name. So Cheesefucker. Cheesefucker. That's, that's not ser- that's that's not his step nickname. I'm What's just, his step nickname? I'm forgetting what it is. I, I like, you are out of the frat. <laughs> you don't get to borrow I did any not, cordless drills. I did anymore. not live there at the same time that he did. 
Oh, right. You guys have this weird, like, temporal brotherhood thing where there's... It's a, like a fraternity. That's how it like works. There are, like, eight-year-olds <laughs> that, like, if the rattlesnake bit them on the dick, you would have to suck the poison out. No. That obligation transcends the bonds it's of not time how that and works. law. <laughs> and poison. Oh, God, what is his nickname? Yeah, see, this is this is the problem. See, I, I was talking to you the other day about how I am constantly forgetting shit, and you're like, I don't remember you doing that at all. And I'm like, no, yeah, seriously. Yeah, now it's happening to you, too. It's contagious. <laughs> yeah. Mm. <laughs> Have you been doing anything, Riff? Uh, I built a silly thing. What'd you build? I build, um, built, you know, those, um, those lamps that are, that are, <laughs> What riff build? What what I build? You know those those lamps that are on the sort of pivoting arms, like the uh, like the lamp that's the Pixar mascot. Um, I yes. took I took one of those and replaced the lamp with a uh, iPad mount, and then affixed it over the headboard on my bed, so that mm. it sort of hangs down in front of me when I'm lying in bed, and I can go to sleep watching videos without the iPad actually being on the beds that I risk rolling over on it. Yeah, but what if you sit up abruptly in the middle of the night? Smack your face into Smacks, the screen. Yeah. That, that, that hasn't yet happened, uh, but since it's also easy to fold up and out of the way, then I presume what would happen is that I would sit up and bump my head and go, Whoa, and then put the iPad away and go back to sleep. You know what you could also do is you could just rig up a pulley system with dental floss and a weight that very, very, very slowly moved the iPad <laughs> out of the way. So you wouldn't notice it while you were watching it and trying to go to sleep. But by the time you woke up, the uh, iPad yeah, would just be, would already be swiveled stowed. over against the wall. That's yeah. A, that's and then idea. you wouldn't have to, you wouldn't even have to get out of bed to floss your teeth. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, use your just, teeth as the just, pulley. Just, yeah. Just run the, the, yeah. the dental floss in between all of my oh, yeah. teeth before wow. I go to yeah, bed. You don't even have to be awake to floss your teeth. Yeah. That's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so why why don't we just string dental floss between all of our teeth and then just go zzz, zzz, back and forth once and be done? Because yeah. I feel like that would actually take longer than that just would, flossing. No, no, would, you leave it in. Oh, oh, oh it's forever. just there all the time. Yeah. Just every okay. now and then you just do a zig and that, that clears yep. every space. This, this is some real Wallace and Gromit ideas going. <laughs> I've never seen any Wallace and Gromit. Oh, they're probably wow, really? Are they? Yeah. Yeah. That's you, you. That is a that is a sad hole in your uh, <laughs> filmic literacy. Mm. Boy, your if I had a dollar hole. for every sad hole I had in a thing. What uh, What about you, Zach? What have you been up to? I think just working. <sighs> That's a sad hole. I don't know. Do you remember me doing anything? Uh, we had drinks with uh, our friend Alex. That's true. Uh. That's, My life is fucking boring. That's, yeah, what's going on, man? That's weird. Played some video games. Have you guys yeah. played any video games? Yes. What'd you play? Um, well, uh, so you and I both today played through Euclid. Yeah. Yeah, is, I think too. the sole thing that I've, I played this past week. Wow, really? Yep. What but, have you... That, took, that was like a 15 minute game. Did you spend all that whole time making that iPad thing? Uh, that and watching SG, SGDQ, basically. Oh. And okay. watching videos on the iPad to make sure that the thing was. <laughs> to make sure that it works. <laughs> to make sure you're getting your money's, money's worth out of that. 
yeah. weird lamp thing. Did you string the cord up back through the armature? It, uh, I, I mean, that's theoretically possible, but I would have to disassemble the cord, and I'm not, I'm not brave enough to do that with an actual device. You can't just cord. like affix it to the armature with like little Velcro straps or something. Oh yeah, I, I do have, I have not done that yet, but I, I do have like a. What do you call them? Those cord ties that I intend to do that with. I thought you meant Zip like ties. I thought you meant like run it through In, the armature oh God. the way the the cord comes that when seems you buy the lamp. Unnecessarily yeah, that, complicated. That, that would be that would be too difficult to do. But yeah, I do. I do have. I I'm waiting on a couple more parts because I needed. God, the friggin' IKEA lamps. All the bolts in them are metric. Or, or and actually, it wasn't the lamp. It was the the uh, the iPad tripod mount that I bought. the The bolt in it that attached the legs to it uh, was a metric bolt, and therefore I need another sort of metric bolt to attach that to the to the armature. And it's a metric bolt of size and type that only exists in England. So while I'm waiting on the outrageously priced bag of 50 of those that I had to buy to get the one that I need. Uh, it's just wired in place with wire and it looks like crap, uh, which is why I've not published any photographs of it on the internet yet. Uh, huh. but, but stringing the cables properly and everything is something that, that will be the last step when everything else looks nice. If you also attached like a beard trimmer <laughs> and a can of soup, to that armature, I think you would never have Bag to get of out of beef bed. Jerky and like a holster for my electronic cigarette. Okay. Yeah. Have you uh, have you been rocking rocking the e cig lately? Yeah, I uh, for ages. I when I switched to that from cigarettes, I have not once looked back, and it's been probably a good eight months by now. Oh wow! I didn't realize that. Yeah. I I haven't been around, Riff. I I just abandoned you. I just left you in a in a house I'm paying for. Who are you again? <laughs> yeah, it's weird. You quit the game. Yes. Yeah, it's like basically geometry homework, the video game. Yeah. Yeah, I great. Really liked it though. Yeah, no, it was I, really I fun. I love that kind of geometry. The I mean, the uh, drawing that you can do with only a straight edge and a compass is my favorite kind of drawing. Theoretically, isn't that all drawing? Couldn't you do all drawing with a straight edge and compass? Uh, Are there things you can't Complicated curves would be, I guess, possible. annoying. Yeah, it'd be super annoying. I don't. But I, I guess you could do like a portrait with a straight edge and a compass. I, I, yep. I, I could not personally begin to do that. You could just turn the compass around and just use it like a pencil. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's cheating. Is it? You, you could glue uh, some pencil lead to the end of the straight edge and use it as a pencil. <laughs> or just use a pencil as your straight edge. You could you could trade the straight edge, which is made of solid gold, for a drawing of whatever you want a drawing of. Solid good gold straight edge probably wouldn't be very good. It would stop being straight after a while. After like a long while. How many things are we talking about drawing here? Well, you got to do it for like 10,000 hours to get good at it. I guess that's true. And then like by that time you're all shitty at it because your straight edge is ruined. Yeah. Plus, huh. I mean, you you've been using it to like 
pick your teeth. What if you are trying to get shitty at something? Do you spend 10,000 hours trying to get shitty at something before you get good at it? And then you're like, fuck. Maybe you get negative 10,000 hours, so you get your time back. Ooh. What's something I could get shitty at? Get another 10,000 hours of time. I guess it would have to be something that you're good at now. Mm, well, oh, that sucks. So I have no options then. Yeah. What do you give up for for an extra 10,000 hours? I would never play golf again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 I got some text messages congratulating me on my hole-in-one in the Masters. Good. Mm-hmm. And I said, I am a master of holes. Did... <laughs> were, they, were they from people you knew? Yeah. Okay. Because I could imagine someone assuming that your email address, the generic enough one that it is, and just like a bunch of people trying to like mm-hmm. send the other Zach. Did did uh, professional golfer Zach Johnson actually get a hole in one at the Masters? Apparently, he did. He did yeah, he did. Hmm. Um, you should send. You know him what a I card. did get? <laughs> I should just send him a passport. <laughs> um, I <clears throat> I got an email from. Uh, I've gotten several emails from, and uh, R- Randall Monroe also talked about this. Like people who early on got Gmail addresses that were just uh, their first initial and then a common last name meet a lot of old people by just getting emails to people who aren't their grandchildren. Um, I got invited to a family reunion and it was like the third time in a row that this guy had emailed me and I had said, yep, I'm still not your, I'm still not your grandson. Like this is the wrong email address. And he was like, Oh, sorry. You're welcome to come to the reunion if you want. <laughs> like when, when or where? And is I, sh- I don't know. I didn't look. I didn't look. I should have, because that would have been pretty cool. If it was nearby, that would just be great. Because you're you're a Johnson, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. I'll take some free food. <laughs> some free and cousins. Unlike, and yeah, unlike at my own reunions, <laughs> these cousins are not off limits, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Play anything else, Kevin? Uh, well, I was going to say that it, the, the Zucoid game. I mean, like, I can I remember fuck in school thinking that it was kind of like a game to make these constructions, right? Because it was like. Yeah. Can you make this? It's a great puzzle. And... The, so doing like the proofs, that was great. I loved that in school. Yeah. I think that's the kind of thing that most <clears throat> people fucking hate in school. They they don't know what's good then, because that's straight up just a logic puzzle. I think a lot of things that are straight up just logic puzzles are things that most people don't enjoy. Well, to heck with those people. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, they should hang out with their own and I should hang out with my own and we should have a water fountain that only people who like logic puzzles are allowed to drink out of. <laughs> yeah, but it's kind of a hard one to get the water yeah, from. Like a super, I mean, we, you basically have that if you make a sufficiently complicated to use water fountain. I mean, you can make it like tall people only water fountain pretty easily. Uh, there was a game that you linked us to, Zach, called Indrums. It was like a game jam game on Congregate. Oh yeah, super super short. It was it was a cute uh, Bart Bonte game. Um, yeah, it was like it, it presented itself without any kind of explanation, and you had to experiment just to figure out what to do. But it it flowed pretty quickly. Like you, it sort of taught you its little rules with with sort of rapid rapid order. It was it was Samorosti. Um. I downloaded a game called Two Dots. 
which promised how many dots to be does a, it have? A lot more than two. Um, it promised to be a puzzle game, but it was another sort of bullshit candy clone, candy clone, candy mm. crush saga clone, where instead of being bejeweled, it was like this game where you link dots. Uh, they give you a grid of dots, and you link them in the, the ones of the same color in a line. Um, so unlike Bejeweled, they do not clear automatically when you have like three or four in a row or whatever. You have to choose them. The terming, the, sorry, the terming of like match threes and Tetris clones and those kinds of things as puzzle games has always been kind of a frustration to me. Well, <sighs> Candy Crush is actually, except for all of the randomness that befalls you, like it is, it is pretty strategic. There's a lot of, there's a lot of like skill that can be applied to that game. Like I, I honestly don't think Candy Crush is a bad game, except in the the business model and the way that it sort of locks you out of content and playing. But didn't you say that that was the fundamental similarity with that? Yeah. So the, exactly. So this game is like a weaker, less interesting puzzle game, at least in first blush, and exact same sort of like hundreds of levels uh a certain number of lives that replenish over time and stuff like that and so i just i played two levels of it and i was like you know what screw these people even if this game turns out to be pretty cool i just i think their business model is bullshit um and then i played darken which is a d-a-r-k-i-n it's basically just dungeon raid except vampire themed and uh it operates on modern ios hardware oh does that does it the old ones not i think they never updated they never updated dungeon raid to actually fill a taller screen that's that's fine i don't mind yeah but i think the play field on darken is actually bigger than the play field on dungeon raid which i mean just taking advantage of the space yeah it makes it it makes it a better game. I mean, like the bigger the playfield is, the better that game is. Like if you had right. a, a four hundred by four hundred playfield, that'd be pretty good, but not as good as a four hundred by four hundred and one playfield. Right. It's so, like you make chains of yep. things and like heal your hit points and fight vampires with your teeth. <laughs> um. But if you enjoyed Dungeon Raid or War Games Whopper, yeah, which I think is probably still the my favorite of that genre. What does like, that I have like, that this doesn't? It's it's, it's got a different subtle. model of like activation of powers and stuff. Yeah. You you sort of have a loadout in War Games Whopper that you unlock different things that you can sort of go in with. I mean, in this you sort of level up different clans of vampires and you have different sort of passive abilities that change the way the game plays. Um, you know, just sort of in on kind of basic numerical level. There was an article in that sentence somewhere. You just didn't hear yeah, it. Yeah, that's cool. Um, whereas War Games Whopper, actually, you you had sort of choices to make as opposed to just going in with all of the things that you had earned yeah. up until that point. There are specific powers and you get to upgrade them, but you get to choose which ones. And I act, I opted to keep a couple low-powered specifically because I was I felt like it was more optimal to do that, which is probably not great in terms of game design, but made for fun fun strategizing and play through this does have the darken kind of has the thing where by unlocking extra things you're also diluting the pool of possible things that will come out of random selection yeah and therefore potentially weakening yourself 
which is, I mean, you described it earlier. You were just like, that's a choice. You know, it's not necessarily a good one or a bad one, but it is definitely like a design choice. Yeah. I feel like it's a choice that is easy to make by accident. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think, I think there's a lot of people who probably do that unintentionally. And that's, that's a little unfortunate, but, um, and then it wasn't a game, but I saw the movie Her, um, which is written and directed by Spec Jones or Jonesy or whatever. And that is great. That's that the is one, a good, that's the one where the guy falls in love with Siri. Basically. Yeah. Uh, it's great. It is super, super good. It is like a, this interesting romance that happens on top of this super compelling and not really explored sci-fi story and so you get to like fill in all the sci-fi story details in your head and it's great so i saw bennett Foddy on twitter saying that it would be interesting to watch electric dreams and then her did you guys see electric dreams it was a movie from the 80s which i don't entirely remember the plot of i just remember that some weird ai is born when a man spills champagne into a computer and then i think he falls in love with it or maybe it makes a robot or something i remember feeling like it was a little bit evocative of weird science yeah yeah i was gonna say that sounds like the other the other movies you should watch for that are like weird science and mannequin (laughs) and (laughs) lawnmower man huh I've never seen uh, Mannequin. I I feel like I've seen parts of it on TV. Yeah, that's, that's I mean, I've seen mannequins. Oh, just in real life. Yeah, I've seen Mannequin Peace in Brussels. Right. Oh, I wonder <laughs> if our friend Jamelli got to see Mannequin Peace oh, yeah. while he was in Brussels. I wonder if it was one of the days where they dress up the little pissing child statue in a fancy hat, festive outfit. Yeah. <laughs> They do that. What about what about you? They Zach? do. There are pictures. Uh, you can buy pictures in various little tourist trap stores of mannequin piece uh, wearing a bunch of different outfits. <laughs> what you been playing, Zach? Um, I played Darken. I played Euclid. Um, okay. Uh, video games hot dog listener QRT, or maybe just a KOL fan QRT. Uh, the guy who posted about us on Reddit and got tens of thousands of new accounts to sign up overnight by virtue of us hitting the front page of Reddit. Um, bought me uh, Daggerdale, which was a game that was apparently on my wish list that I had forgotten about, which was a, a fairly poorly regarded Dungeons and Dragons game, but everything that I read about it, it sort of led me to believe that it was worth checking out. And so playing it a little bit, it feels very much like a sort of... Uh, did did you guys ever play uh like the Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance games Mm-mm. or Champions of Norath? Oh yeah, or... okay, yeah. I know. Did you did play Champions of Norath? Yeah. It's I mean it's basically like even the modern day Gauntlet games are a little bit like this, but but it's effectively just an action RPG that was Diablo in in those cases either set in the Dungeons and Dragons Dungeons and Dragons universe or uh the everquest world for champions of norath but it's like you know it's just got that loop of like you break a lot of barrels and you get some gold and then you go to i think my the first time that i ever saw actually like actual boob jiggle physics modeled in a in a video game was in one of the mm-hmm. baldur's gate dark alliance games but they're good they're really fun couch co-op games hmm. and this strikes me as a game that would just be a lot of fun to play 
co-op. Um, but I can see why it, it feels very much like a thing that just didn't exactly get finished. Like a lot of the sort of transitions from cutscene to gameplay are kind of awkward and there's mm. just weird things about the interface and just, it's, it, I, I want to keep playing it because it's like, oh, this is probably a game in which there will eventually be some skeletons and I will hit them and then they will <laughs> drop a cool sword. Um, no, it's, it's, it's neat. Uh, but it, it's, it, it lacks a sort of fit and finish that I think is it are is probably it, the um, source of its, uh, of its low Metacritic. Is it on like, Oh, is it, it's like a finished published thing. It's not like, early it is. Access. Yeah. It came out, it came out a couple of years ago. I'm thinking of something else then. Oh, you know what? I also, um, I bought Wasteland 2 in the Steam sale hmm. and I just, poked into that because I wanted to see what it was like and I think I'm really going to like it. Yeah. I, I've been putting off playing it until it is actually out because yeah, I don't I've, I got a copy really because of the Kickstarter spoil it. and I haven't opened it because I wanted to wait until it was finished. I just, I mean, it was on sale for 40 bucks instead of 55 or whatever it normally is and so I was like, I might as well buy it because I'm going to buy it when it comes out and this is cheaper than that will be and then I was just like, yeah, you know what? I'll I'll just see how it plays and it was good. Nice. It's I, I'm beginning to think that tactical RPGs are not necessarily a genre that I don't like, but are a genre that I don't like the sort of 90s style implementation of. Because, like, the Shadowrun game was fucking great. And, you know, the new XCOM, the new XCOM was so much more sort of digestible than the old XCOM because they've just stripped away so much of the detail and only kept the things that were actually fun and interesting about mm. that style of play. And um, games where you don't need a novel thick manual to. Yeah. And games where like, instead of saying like, well, you can either, you know, you can spend an action point to crouch or lie prone or whatever. Like, ah, let's just abstract that out. Like, let's <laughs> just like, rather than like creating another system that you have to pay attention to and be good at, let's like, let's just not, you know, <laughs> let's have variable cover that's like expressed plainly. And yeah, I don't know. It just sort of doesn't get in your way and it just lets you have some dudes hit some other dudes with nail bats. Very conversation heavy, which is good. Nice. Makes me excited about the Torment game. Oh, yeah. I mean, a lot of things make me excited about the Torment game, but, like, seeing that this outfit is producing uh, an actual... Like, this feels like just a a thicker game than Shadowrun. Shadowrun... Hmm. While the world is cool and the writing is good, especially in the in the expansion, like the engine just feels a little rickety hmm. in a way that this one is just it's just seems pretty smooth and pro. We should probably try Wasteland one for a assignment at some point. It's it's really hard to get into. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it's one of those things where if you know what you're doing, you can go in there and be like, oh, check out all this cool shit that you can do in this game. But if you're just playing it, like, it is, you know, a sort of a Western RPG where you are pretty likely to die in the first fight <laughs> if you don't know what you're doing. Which, I mean, you know, 
I guess that is what it is. If the if the first fight didn't like also take, if the An first hour. fight wasn't also mostly like ten minutes of selecting things from menus, right? Yeah. Then that would be more of a thing. I think that's it. How about you, Riff? What have you been playing? Uh, there's pretty much just Euclid. Euclid. Yeah. <laughs> that's weird, Riff, because that took like ten minutes. Are you saying that you only played ten minutes of video games this year? Uh, this year? It's a short year. Uh, I think that was pretty much it. I've, I mean, I've watched a lot of other people play video games on streams. What are the highlights of that? Games, games, done games. Uh, well, before we started recording tonight, I caught the tail end of a uh, speed run of Lost Vikings, where the guy was playing it with two controllers back to back. That was kind of weird. The controllers were taped together. Well, no, he was just holding them together, huh? And uh, and and using them to control multiple characters at once. And apparently, his his uh, personal best time playing that way is only eleven minutes more than the record tool assisted run of that game. Which, wow. which is, yeah, like a tool assisted run is like the theoretical best possible play of the game done by a computer. So only 11 minutes worse than that is pretty impressive. That's not where you have somebody who's kind of a tool helping you play. <laughs> or, you know, you've got a drill. Um, I saw yeah, like the movie Pi. Yeah. yeah. You just you just find the part of your brain that makes you shitty at video games and get rid of cut it. Cut that out, yeah. <laughs> get rid of the the bad video game demons. Um, there is a race of uh, Castlevania Symphony of the Night that was uh, playing the Alucard character and killing all the bosses. That was pretty good. It wasn't real exciting as a race because one of the guys. Um, did really poorly at a trick near the beginning that left him like five minutes behind the other guy for the entire rest of the run. But uh, other than that, they both pulled off a lot of really interesting tricks getting outside of the geometry and stuff. So that's always cool to watch. And... I don't, I think that in general races that work as well as that four player Metroid super Metroid race from <laughs> the last one of these are, would be, fairly rare they're doing another race uh i don't know if it's four player but it's at least three player of metroid fusion i think that's on saturday so that should be was that the one that that was zero mission that yeah zero mission that we used to work with was the one used to speed run there's also a speed run of that happening but i don't know when there's a lot of good stuff coming up on the schedule because the the really good stuff all happens on friday and saturday just like life. Yeah. So are they just going to do, they're just doing this twice a year now forever uh, to raise I, money? I guess. Yeah. As long as, as uh, for as long as the, the, uh, cause like all the donation money goes to whatever charity they've picked this year. It's doctors without borders. And I think the, the, um, games done quick group gets the money from advertising on the stream. So okay. for as long as they make enough money off of that to do the next one, I assume they'll keep doing it. But it's doing pretty well. The last last I checked, they'd nearly hit one hundred eighty thousand dollars in donations. So they're they're doing. There well. is like a million dollars last time, right? Yeah. Interesting. 
I read a book about ZZT. Oh yeah, that's the the run of that by uh, uh, Cosmo, the guy who did that really super crazy and interesting Ocarina of Time run is running that, and I think that happens around midnight tonight. This is the, that game with this is yeah. that game with the weird long beard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> huh? Like what version of it is? I I don't being know. Played? I just saw ZZT on the schedule. Huh, that's crazy. That. Anyway, this this is um the I don't I guess the I don't even know what the word imprint means in this uh in this context, but the imprint is Boss Fight Books. Um, that's just the like the publisher, right? Like yeah, the, but it's it's like a it's like a like sort a of a thematic umbrella also. Um anyway, it's written it's by Anna Anthropy. It's pretty short. Um but it was just sort of an examination of this game and the because EZT had like it shipped with an editor it kind of developed a scene around it. Hmm. And so it, it it's sort of an interesting examination of that and a lot of the stuff that was done in it. It doesn't, it almost doesn't say that much about the game so much as it is about sort of the tools and the development of the tools and the, the sort of like community aspects of it. Huh. Um, <clears throat> what sort of game is it? Oh, it's just like a, ASCII graphics oh, okay. kind of action game. I mean, it was it was like Tim Sweeney made this game in like the 90s, founded Epic to distribute the shareware version of That's it. That's crazy. And then just like now is like, yeah, Gears of War, whatever. No big deal. Um, but yeah, that was interesting. The, the book about Jagged Alliance 2 that Darius Kazemi is writing is going to be on the same, in the Imprint. same like set. Same boss fight books. There's one about Earthbound, which reminds me that one of these years we should do Earthbound as oh, an assignment. Yeah. But apparently, the they they got a new writer for the screenplay for Ready Player One, whom I'm forgetting who it is. Damian Lindelhoff. No. You guys want to do some listeners' mail? Sure. Um, let's see. I'm glad that we don't ever have any flies or mosquitoes in the office because I feel like that would cause a lot of weird edit points for you. Morgan Blair says, regarding Disco Zoo, I enjoyed this game. I don't regret the time I spent figuring out the optimal way to solve puzzles for the highest probability of success. It isn't the same type of activity slash non-game that I view Tiny Tower as. But Tiny Tower has a cool, like, elevator operator <laughs> game that you play. <laughs> no, I mean, I do... I, I get that there is more more to Disco Zoo. It is... It is- Granted, it is a very minimalist, uh, like optimization puzzle game. But yeah, I, I finally got my last animal today, so it's what, it's basically done. What was it? Not to not to spoil it for everyone else. Oh, it was a, it was a Sasquatch. What is its shape? Uh, it was shape it was the zebra. What is the shape of it? It was uh, two squares, one on top of the other. Which is actually really annoying as far as shapes go, because it's super compact, so it could be anywhere on the map. Wait, what? Just it was a just a one by two grid? Mm-hmm. Huh? Yep. That doesn't seem very Sasquatchy. How is a Sasquatch like smaller than a crocodile? Uh, it's taller than a crocodile. <laughs> <laughs> Rarer things, even if they are larger, like the dragon or whatever, is fewer tiles like nothing is to scale here all of the sprites are the same size so koalas and elephants are the same size you're just seeing example. the sasquatch from farther away so it's much sure. smaller 
Yeah, you never actually get real close to it. And it's also blurry. There's also a Yeti, which is, is a different different from a Sasquatch. What? Well, the Sasquatch isn't doesn't live in snowy climbs. Oh, yeah. Okay. Whereas the the Yeti is like an abominable snowman. Morgan Brock continues regarding Amazon.com add-on items. You don't need to buy non-add-on items to meet the qualifying order minimum. Yeah, you totally do. You just need to have twenty-five dollars or more. Nope. Okay. You cannot buy twenty-five. You don't get free shipping on twenty-five dollars worth of fucking add-on items. Okay. I, it doesn't work. Okay. Well, that's read the, the rest of the first thing I tried. Say you want eight. Say you want an eight dollar and seventy-six cents two-pack of Tom's of Maine sodium laurel sulfate-free toothpaste, but you happen to, but you have to have an order of twenty-five dollars. We'll just order three. I mean, it's toothpaste, so it's not going to go bad. Well, it might without any preservatives in it. <laughs> uh, and you'll almost certainly end up using it all. And since the products that Zach likes are almost certain to be discontinued, why wouldn't you want to stock up when you have the chance? Just increasing the quantity to have more than $25 worth of add-on items still does not allow you to buy them. At least it doesn't allow me to buy them. That has not been my experience, but I, you I, also I have this. experienced with enough with this aspect of Amazon, so I don't know. This is weird because it does seem you... counterintuitive. You are the person who probably has the most experience ordering things from Amazon. Yeah, but I I order I order things that they give me free shipping on. I'm not in the habit of buying like my toothpaste through them. You Floss would, picks it, are another thing. Uh, binder clips. I order some binder clips, and I had to buy something else. So, okay. so I just bought like forty reams of paper, and I was like, well, now I don't have enough binder clips. <laughs> so then the cycle began anew. Yep. <clears throat> Old Jim Kenobi says, with mod tools for games becoming more user-friendly, have you guys ever attempted to make a custom level in any other game? I feel like bringing some of your design principles from KOL might make some interesting stuff in something like Gunpoint. I never really have. Did you ever... You did a bunch of Duke Nukem 3D editing in your frat days. Yeah, we recreated our fraternity house and we made a bunch of other sort of random levels. That was a basically just a whole summer just designing levels. It was great. I did a level once for a marathon. Or I guess Marathon Infinity when that came out because it came with the map editor stuff. It was it was kind of cool. My level had some interesting architecture, but I used a whole lot of tiny polygons to make elaborate structures of stairs everywhere. So it was super super laggy. Hmm. So I mean, I feel like building stuff in Minecraft is effectively like building levels. Hmm. You know. Hmm. I mean the. The goal of that is not to produce a challenge. Depends on who you are. Sure. I suppose that's true. Remember that all the time you spent making that hedge maze before it was possible oh, to wow, um, yeah. to just place leaf hedge blocks. bricks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, you had to like plant the trees partway underground and and then prune yep. them and oh, yep. that was nuts. It was good. It was. It was. It was it, that's what made it worth doing right <laughs> like uh and then that giant tree that i mm-hmm. built organically that was that I, I like those were cool times right and i'm glad that i'm glad that we did that and that giant inverted pyramid that i made that mm-hmm. sits sort of half finished off in the ocean somewhere yeah i have a lot of big half finished product projects on various Minecraft server backup files. Question Man says, have you ever eaten poutine, chips, a.k.a. fries, cheese curds, and gravy? It's popular in Canada, which is a place I live now, and it is delicious. I don't think I've ever had actual traditional poutine. Me, me either. Yeah. I mean, we've it referred like to it in thing KOL, I would but I've never eaten Exclusively eat if it were available to me, and then I would weigh 4,000 pounds. 
Also, what food have you eaten in a video game that you most wanted to eat in real life but couldn't? I mean, I mostly just get excited about, like, a big old haunch, and then I can just go eat one <laughs> at the Renaissance Festival. Just like like a big old Hagar the Horrible meat. Yeah. Smoked turkey leg. Uh, let's see. Those, the potato chips from soy, what are the soy things from uh, Deus Ex? Oh, this, like soy chips or whatever? Yeah. That's probably pretty good. That's what you. That's what you. Yeah. Are most excited about. Yeah, like just a nutrient paste. <laughs> the, gr- the grape soda from Sister Shock too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. I mean, I think like something super weird would be kind of neat. Like the. Uh, I mean, Kingdom of Loathing is a game that's ostensibly about eating and drinking, and there's a bunch of food and booze in there that would probably be pretty good. Hmm. There's a the uh, mafia mafia wines are probably pretty tasty at this point, <laughs> or just vinegar. Although I like vinegar, so there's a uh, <laughs> there's a blog of someone that that takes uh, foods from video games and invents actual recipes for them. That's pretty good. I've done a couple of I uh, probably actually just one recipe off of that. Uh, Jenny and I made the beef bowls from Persona Four, and those came out pretty. Oh, good. Oh, the rotten durian from oh, Symphony God. of the Night. <laughs> <laughs> didn't you also make? Didn't you also make that crazy stew or something? There was some like some something that you made that was like four times as much food as you guys could possibly eat. That's probably the beef bowls that you're referring to. Yeah, they ended up being massive. Didn't he make that? What? And how did you know his new nickname was Crazy Stew? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Sinja63 says, what do you think about the German government censoring video games in many ways whilst letting everything else do everything video games mustn't do? Uh, I would need some more specific context for that question, I think. I know you're not allowed to have, like, Nazi symbols in a video game yeah and a lot of there's a lot of a lot of things are censored for for violence and, Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. I mean, the... You know, German culture has a complicated relationship with military might, (laughs) and it's okay for them to make up their mind about what they're going to do with stuff like that. And the thing is, like, a sufficiently dedicated German guy who wants to play the full-on violent swastika-filled version of a video game is going to be able to find it, right? It's not like you can't, you know, you, you... what is it that that guy in you can't stop the signal <laughs> like and you know it struck me that I, I i think i'm getting old i saw a news article yesterday that i don't remember if it was new york city or england <laughs> but one of them one of the two of them was there was a, there is a law trying to get passed where it is just illegal for people born after the year 2000 to purchase tobacco, just period. And that, I actually think, is probably a good idea. Like, ever? Yeah. So tobacco is just a thing that is only for older people? Or people who are willing to break the law. I mean, which is fine, right? The people, like, you know, if tobacco was illegal, I would probably still figure out a way to get cigars. I mean, marijuana is illegal. And it's just not a big deal to anyone who cares to actually acquire some and use it carefully. You know, as long as you're not like black, then you're not going to get in, you're not going to go to jail for it. Right. A lot of a lot of privileges associated with privilege. 
when you start to enumerate them, you start to feel kind of terrible about the world and everything. So but this is, this basically is the point that, is that date would not be updated in time is what you're saying. Yeah. 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 Huh. But the point is like, I'm curious as to whether the German government's approach to censorship of video games is going to result in like a more enlightened culture in the people that don't go out of their way to find things that are sort of, you know, they're being sheltered from. And I'm glad that we live in a world where there are a lot of different powerful organizations that can try a lot of different experiments to try to make the world better, because I really think that that's what's going on there. You know, I don't think it's like a conspiracy to make more money for certain people or to stop certain people from making money or anything. I think they're just like, eh, this is this is a thing that we don't like. I mean, it's just sort of like... I'm curious, like, legislating prohibition was an abysmal failure in the United States, but they had moderate success with just sort of voluntary opt-in temperance, right? Like, it's tricky to try to just impose the will on a large group of people. Especially as a lot of people take that as a deliberate insult or a challenge. Right. I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I, my understanding is that like on television in Germany, violence is regulated the, in a lot of the same ways that nudity is here. Yeah. Right. Like, cause we, like in, and I took, a, you know, I took a lot of German in, in college and there was a comic like just a one panel sort of New Yorker style comic in one of the textbooks that we had to have the teacher explain to us. We couldn't figure out why the kid was in trouble. And it's because he was watching on television, something that was obviously supposed to be like a show about people shooting each other. And like, he had like snuck out into the living room in the middle of the night to watch violence on TV. And that's why he was in trouble with his parents. And I mean, that, that honestly makes so much more sense to me from a rational point of view. Like, well, it does. And it arguably results in a lot less crazy shooting rampages happening. Sure. So, like, I think it's probably OK experimentally for a government to decide, like, maybe we don't allow games that are just about murdering a thousand dudes uh, to be a thing that's just right. for sale at a store here to our children. Right. Whereas, you know, I don't know, we've. Consenting adults should be able to play whatever kind of video games they want. And they can, because somebody who wants to get the bloody violent version of a game and lives there just totally can. I mean, it's, that's kind of my argument for why, like, the public domain isn't a big deal. Because anybody who wants to read a fucking book and can't afford it or it's not for sale anymore, it is no effort at all to fucking get a hold of it and read it. And so... Well, but I guess I think the public domain issue is more about remixing and... Nah. That kind of thing. Nah. I don't think that that is actually what it is about. I don't think that's the point of the public domain. Huh. I thought, I kind of thought it was like these characters are now not just available to anyone who can, who wants to access them and read them for free because you still have to find a book somewhere. But I don't, I think that thinking about public domain stuff as though it, stemmed from a sort of modern concept like it was open source ip for other people to to work with like that's like who would have cared about that in 
Well, but it was, it's not that they would necessarily remix it, but like anybody can now print this, like a concert, like some music. Anybody can now, anybody can now play this and record it. The point was to make it accessible to people, whether they had money or not. The point was not to make it so you could. It's not something that is public domain is not just given away free, right? Like you still have to acquire a copy of it somewhere or whatever. But it can be. It can be printed by anybody. I mean, well, it right. Can... But they're still going to want to make money on it. So, it's, so like that was never, I don't think that was ever the the issue. Yeah. That's what I think about the German government. <laughs> Blaine says, how do you guys feel about games with no win condition? Specifically games that just go on forever until you fail due to ever increasing difficulty or give up due to difficulty, not increasing. Also I mean, feel free to speak. Life? generally. <laughs> Um, I wait. You guys haven't won life yet. <laughs> I, I feel great. I, I mean, I, <clears throat> I keep getting those little gliders shooting out, but I think that this is a good opportunity to to talk about how Spelunky is the best video game, um, because uh-huh. it has a win condition, but you generally do not meet it because you generally lose because of the increasing difficulty of it over time, and. I always played something like Pac-Man for progression and not for score. And I realize now that that was not really how it was supposed to be done. Mm. It just seemed like it because clearing the maze and getting a new one, like clearing a maze and like starting over a new maze was like the most gratifying thing. It was way more gratifying than like having a high score. Right. But now I sort of realize like, no, what I'm, what I should be doing is treating every board as an opportunity to get as many points as I can before it gets too hard to get those points. Hmm. Right? Because it, the way that the incentive structure of that game works is eat a power pill, eat all the ghosts. Eat a power pill, eat all of the ghosts. And I used to just think of the power pills as like a timeout. Right? right? As just like, oh, now I can just eat dots without having to worry about whether the ghosts hit me or not. But it is much more interesting to engage with it as a as a thing where your goal is just maximizing to score. play it. But you also have as to get all the your dots. goal being progress or moving towards some end condition. You what? You also have to get all the dots to progress. Well, yeah. And then Pac-Man has that weird sort of in-between thing where there is uh, there are a finite number of levels because of the the way that the memory is out. Yeah, I mean, but there aren't. I mean, the game just fritzes out but that's end. not a win condition no i know but it has an end state whereas other games i think the distinction might be just other games that just literally do not have an end state they but, will just go on forever getting Pac-Man more and more difficult effectively it does not have a deliberate end state i mean that's like saying hmm. well it, dude it's like saying that donkey kong has an end state because eventually they will shut off your power like it's not but it's different, right? Because it's the game itself. The game itself comes to an end. And it's not a it's not with a bang, it's with a whimper, but it's even though it was not programmed specifically with intention, it has an end state. Which is what I'm saying. It's it's like an in-between mm. game, right? Because it's there is a way to get a, a maximal score with Pac-Man or whatever, but is there, Other games. Is there a video game music covers black metal band called Kill Scream? 
This assignment. Tobias and the dark dark specters. Scepters. Spark, spark, spark. Riff. Yeah. How many minutes did you play this game? Uh, I got to the first boss and couldn't figure out how to beat him. And then I died. The and then I lost interest. <laughs> how do you beat the first boss? Throw rocks. Yeah, at you him. have to pick up a rock and throw it at the oh. thing that you can't hit with your sword. I couldn't figure yeah, out how you to for- throw it. I guess. Wait, really? How did you get to the first boss without figuring out how to pick up and throw a rock? Well, I mean, you can. Th- I could throw it, but I couldn't get any height on it. There wasn't anything I could hit with it. You jump up and hit the things that are near near your. Yeah, you hit the two eyes, and then he he builds a stairway. Yeah. <clears throat> this game is pretty interesting, I think, because. He talks in the video that he released when the when the game came out, where he like you know just talks about the process of making it. He talks about how it is he lists the failings of the game, like why the game took so long, and one of them was the sort of ambition of the scale mm-hmm. because he didn't ever want to do that. He described it as being like a weird ADHD thing where he didn't want any level to be to like reuse anything. He wanted every level to be its own new, you know, different novel thing, which is fucking great. Yeah. Like that is not a failing of this game. Like that is a core strength of it. And it was weird. It was weird to see that listed like by the guy who did it as a negative because, you know, this is like... The thing that I maintain is why someone who doesn't like Braid, it is just because that they don't understand that that's what Braid did and how unusual that is. Right. Maybe not. Maybe Braid just sucks. And I'm a pretentious <laughs> fuck. <laughs> I was <clears throat> really aggravated by the controls. Hmm. They're not not super intuitive. Yeah. I, I regularly would hit the wrong button when I wanted to do something. Mm. Um, and, the, you know, it, the game ships with, like, a thing that describes solutions to all the puzzles, which is, I don't really understand how that puzzle solver thing works. It's like, it's just kind of a slideshow that you can advance through of screenshots of the game being played. Oh, weird. But it responds to what levels you have unlocked. Like, it won't let you look at the solutions for things that you haven't encountered yet. Oh, interesting. Um so that was interesting. But huh. then I was like, I just want to watch a Let's Play of this because I don't actually want to deal with the kind of clumsy platforming. Yeah. The platforming was a, lot of was a little soft. It's adventure gamey in the sense that like you are often like in a in an array of rooms and you don't have any idea where you're supposed to go next. There's often a binary choice that you make. And I think almost every single time I chose the wrong one in terms of the progression, like a lot of them you'll get to a room you'll solve it and you'll get to a, a lock or a or whatever that you can't open and you're like god damn it right. turns I, out you were supposed to I went solve to, the left branch first yeah. yeah and that just kept happening over and over again and the checkpointing was such that it was you could make a lot of progress and then die at the very end and have to do the whole thing over again which i basically was super quit the first time i died and lost like three screens of progress and then just decided to watch videos of of more and more of it and, and i'm glad because there's a lot of like uh, just kind of tediously designed boss fights and stuff like or or things where if you don't figure it out you're just gonna waste a shitload of time mm-hmm. <sighs> Yeah, I mean, 
I have, so I am currently in the first tower and where everything turns pink. I don't remember if I don't remember if it's pink or not. After the after you beat the king, and then you do the weird like sort of side scrolling, that you know, it's almost like a like a Galaga style fight against the king where you're jumping, right? Uh, where you're jumping on those weird flying. I'm not, no, not the not the wizard's tower. The first to- the first scepter tower. Oh, I don't. Yeah, you must have gotten further than I saw a video of. Did you see the dream sequence? No. Oh, that was some weird, weird shit. Um, that was a place where, like, there was a long, complicated puzzle to solve, and I beat it, and then went over to the, like, the secondary thing, which you're supposed to do now that you've beaten that, and died at the very end, and had to do the whole thing over twice, and I was just like, God damn it, this is frustrating. Like, once you have, once you've figured it out, having to do it again sort of defeats the purpose of... Like, don't make the player do this thing again, right? Like, there could have been better checkpointing, and it was super frustrating that it it did not exist. I'm not entirely sure, like, because you get to you get to ch- decide when you activate some of those checkpoints sometimes, and if you activate them before you do the other branch, does that mean that you have to do that other branch every time you come to that checkpoint from then on? Like, I'm not exactly sure what parts of the state are saved in those checkpoints. No, I don't know either. Um, yeah, I, like the game has continued to, to show me novel things and it has been super interesting and I'm, yeah, I'm excited to continue to play it, but, and it's a neat story. I, I can definitely recommend that video about the making of it. It's, it's yeah. seven minutes long. So I figured if I was about to commit to watching like a 40 minute let's play of this thing, which I linked, I linked to that in the, um, Video game dog forum. Through. Okay, good. So, I also spent most of the time just fast forwarding through the boring parts of the videos. <laughs> I wish someone would do like a "I knew what I was doing when I started making this Let's Play" <laughs> of this because I don't think that it would be that long, and I think you would just get to see all of the stuff. Like, it does seem like there's a lot of arbitrary puzzle gating. You know, like, ah, you have to figure out that you can, if it's a wooden surface, you can fire a crossbow bolt into it, which I did figure out. Yeah, that was kind of satisfying. But then you never use that again. Oh, you keep using it. Do you? Okay. Well, then that's, that's cool, I guess. No, like, that was neat, right? Like, there was a long enough gap between when that was necessary and the next time that it was necessary that I was like, that I had sort of forgotten about it. And then I had to remember it. And I was like, oh, yeah, wait, I can do this thing. Like, I like that. That was... I, I wandered back and forth between the ends of those two screens two or three times, and I was like, what am I missing? And then just accidentally shot the box where you get the crossbow, because there's there's some wood there. And I was like, oh, okay. Suddenly I understand. Right? Like, it was a fortuitous moment, because there are enemies there that you're meant to shoot at. And so if you are fighting them in that room, you will hopefully accidentally do this thing. And that's kind of neat. So yeah, I, I, I mean, this is a kind of an awesome labor of love to, to be able to see and play through. And it's surprising. It's surprisingly good for the story the of it. 
Yeah, like you, you know what I mean. It's it, like you'd hear about something like this, and you would think that well, this is probably going to be garbage because like the first part of it was just made by a fourteen year old. But I guess he's you know sort of redone right. enough of the the. But he imagined that, the scope at that age and then stuck to that for thirteen years, which is amazing. I'm really curious how the distribution of time actually spent working on it was like was there like a nine year period in the middle where he didn't Mm. do anything yeah yeah i don't know anyway thank you for finding this kevin sure it was cool it's a cool story so riff yeah what should we play next uh i've forgotten what it's called is it probability zero is that right yeah probability zero the new the new game by the guy that did it's not new is it not new it's no, it's no. older than Starseed Pilgrim. Yeah, it was, it's oh. older than Starseed Pilgrim, but it's by but it's by Draken. Yeah. Alexander huh. Martin. By, uh, um, I think it maybe just got on it? I think it maybe just got on Steam. Ah, okay. Yeah, that must be it. Um but it was for a while the only way you could buy Starseed Pilgrim was in a, a bundle that was called Probability Zero and Friends. <laughs> um But it's fun. He he showed it to me during GDC. Um and he, he I think he just wanted to show me some trick in it but it's it's neat it's it's just it's like an action game yeah it's it's pretty straightforward i think that we will be able to play it and talk about it without it being a huge time commitment cool okay we got some travel i'm i'm next time we record riff i'm gonna be in a room with you gosh and, and I'm kevin be will be by himself alone. yeah that's me weird do i just i guess i record here and i'll yeah. all alone in the studio mm-hmm. is that what you do your other shows yeah Remotely, just sit here. Yeah. Huh. Strange. Yeah, I do it during the day on the weekends. Weird. If somebody wanted to send us a listener's mail for us to read during the day on the weekends, how would they do that, Kevin? Well, they could tweet us at VG Hot Dog. They could email us vghotdog at gmail.com, or they could check out our website, videogameshotdog.com. Dot com. Gentlemen, I really enjoyed recording this episode of Video Games Hot Dog with you, and I hope we do another one real soon. Yep, yep. It's been lovely. Goodbye, everybody. See you. Have a great weekend. If you're one of those people that live in the middle of the ocean, so you have that weird time zone.